Hi, I'm Danny Claire, and this is the Healing from the Hustle podcast. So if you've made it this far, you have listened to the first couple of episodes and you've heard my journey uh, all the way through March of 2020 uh, with Beachbody. And really, you know, we all know what happened in March of 2020. That was when the pandemic hit and everything was shut down. Uh, I lived in New York at the time, so we were really shut down. And, uh, you know, this was really sort of my uh, beginning of the end with Beachbody. I, I still had some ups and downs over the next year with them, but uh, this was really where I started to see uh, how problematic it was. Uh, you know, it was a very scary time in March of 2020. We, we, you know, we couldn't leave our homes. My daughter couldn't go to school, so we were homeschooling her. Uh, I was working from home and just trying to figure out that new routine. Meanwhile, on the Beachbody side, we were all being lectured and, and told we needed to lean in and, you know, people need this now more than ever because they couldn't go to gyms and they were being laid off. So this could potentially be a source of income for them. But I personally, and I know there were other people on my team as well who just weren't comfortable with that. I wasn't comfortable pushing people to spend money on stuff like this when they were losing their jobs. Like that just was not something that I felt comfortable doing. And, uh, and I just wouldn't, I, and I didn't. So instead I started offering free yoga sessions. Uh, you know, we have, we had yoga, uh, programs online. And so I would just get people on a zoom and we would all do it together. And that was really kind of how I ran my business for a while because I just, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I had a lot of, uh, customers and coaches under me who I had built up over the years. I had a full-time job, so I didn't feel like that push or that pressure to have an income. So I really tried to use it more as a tool for people and, and just something that you know could potentially help during this really scary time. Also during that time though, my sponsor coach was going for a superstar rank with Beachbody, which basically means that she would have 15 diamond coaches underneath her. And if you remember, I believe from the first episode, I was talking about the diamond rank and how difficult it is to maintain because you need to have eight coaches underneath you. And then two of them um, also have to be at emerald rank. So two of those coaches have to have two coaches underneath them. And that was just really, really difficult to maintain. I, you know, I did have several coaches underneath me and, you know, I had risen the ranks. I, I was a diamond coach. I was a star diamond coach for a time and it was difficult to maintain, but I had this like allegiance to my coach. And, you know, that's something that I'll probably dig into a lot over, you know, the course of this podcast. I just, I, I felt like I owed it to her because I felt like she had done so much for me. And, you know, really looking back now, it's not that she did so much for me. It was just part of how she could be successful because if the coaches underneath her were successful, then that would push her even higher. So she needed 15 diamonds and I was a diamond at that time, but I, I often like fell out of rank because somebody would quit and then I would need to replace them. Um, but again, you know, I, I felt like I owed it to her to get her to that point. So I put a lot of money into keeping that rank so that she could earn that. And it was like a six week qualification period. And if, you know, she was just like on me, like I, I was actually in researching for this podcast, I've been kind of going through like old messages and things like that. And the only time she ever reached out to me during that time was to check on my downline and to see, you know, if I had it covered and, you know, this person is probably going to go inactive, are you going to replace them? And so 
if I couldn't find somebody to sign up, I would just sign up another one of my family members. And I've talked about this a couple times already. Like that is, that is not allowed, but it's encouraged within a lot of these companies. And so, I mean, I have, I had my parents signed up. I had my brother and my sister and my children and like all of these people that I was paying for and, you know, kind of controlling their accounts so that I could control my own rank. And then, you know, in turn, help her to get to that. And she did get to it. And, uh, you know, I was, I was really happy for her, but after that whole experience, I was kind of like, you know, I, I just, I can't afford to keep doing this. You know, it's, it's not really fair to the rest of my family. You know, we have bills that we have to pay and, but I still sort of had that mentality that I needed to do it. Um, you know, that summer, I, I think just compounded with, you know, so much of the financial difficulties and, you know, even though I was working full time, like we were still struggling a little bit and, and, you know, things really kind of came to a head in my marriage and my husband and I actually ended up separating that summer, that first summer of the pandemic. Um, I'm not, I mean, as, as much as I'm sure some people would love to hear it, I'm not going to get into the very personal details of that, but what I can say is that finances uh, and Beachbody definitely were factors in you know the, the problems that I was having in my marriage. So I left. I got an apartment. Uh, you know, I had a beautiful apartment. Uh, you know, I was I was sort of excited about that new chapter, but I was still you know really lonely. Uh, it was really hard for me not to have my daughter all the time. Uh, you know, and it was still during the pandemic, so you know it it wasn't. I was, it was summertime. So we were able to like do things outside and my family tried their best to spend time with me and do things, but it was still really lonely. So I found myself getting sucked back in, you know, even though I had said like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not really going to focus on Beachbody anymore. I did. And I got really into, you know, doing the, um, one of the workout programs and I was posting about it every day. I was doing um, every morning I was like mixing up my Energize, which is one of the, one of their uh, supplements, it's like a pre-workout. And so every morning as I was mixing that up, I would do a video and I just like really, really got sucked into it again. And, uh, you know, as my husband and I were going through, uh, we were doing marriage counseling and as we started to, you know, really work things out, I really started to see more of the cracks in the Beachbody armor. And, uh, you know, my, my customers were starting to have customer service issues that I couldn't control. And, you know, I mean, they, they say like, you know, this is your business, but when you really look at it, when you're involved in an MLM, like, yes, you do your own marketing and you find your own customers, but it's not really your own business, right? Because you, you I didn't have any control over customer service. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the customer service was outsourced to, um, I believe people in India or maybe Pakistan or, or Bangladesh, um, I'm not really sure, to be honest, but definitely English was a second language for a lot of these people. So with the language barrier, it was really difficult for customers to get across to them like what the issue was. And a lot of the issues that I was seeing uh, had to do with people not getting their products when they were supposed to. It would take several weeks. I don't know what was going on, but there was something with shipping. And so you know, they would be wanting to start a program or I might be running a group and, you know, they needed the product and they didn't have it. Um, so that was a real problem. But the other thing that was very, very frustrating, and I know my husband experienced it himself, 
was um, people would want to cancel, like they would have products on auto ship and they would cancel it, but then they would continue to get charged for it. And it was a really, really frustrating process to finally get that done. And I had so many people who were coming out of the woodwork to tell me that, you know, they were being charged for things and I couldn't do anything about it. And I think the last straw for me was um, there was a program that launched in January of 2021. Uh, it was the same trainer who had done 21 day fix, 80 day obsession. And this particular program required some kind of like weird equipment. It was, um, it was like some, I can't remember what they called it, like a track, I think. And it was supposed to either attach to a door or you could like screw it into your wall. And a lot of people didn't want to do that because, you know, maybe they lived in an apartment or, you know, rented a place and weren't allowed to, you know, screw this big thing into the wall. And the way that the company and uh, some of the top coaches responded to that was really disheartening to me. Um, it, there was a lot of shame involved and, you know, again, saying that, you know, maybe you're not committed. If you're really committed to your health, you'll do this. And, you know, I just, it blew my mind. And I just, at that point, I was like, I don't want to be involved in a company that speaks to people that way. And I think that was really just it for me at that point. So during that time, during uh, the pandemic, you know, we were all like, you know, looking for new things to do. And so one of the things that I did, um, you know, I know some people were like baking bread and, you know, taking up knitting or crocheting. I um, really kind of pursued education more. So I got a, a nutrition certification outside of Beachbody. Um, I was already a certified life coach. I don't think I've mentioned that before, but I had gotten a life coaching certification uh, way back in like 2012. And I also had a master's degree in human behavior. So I decided to start coaching on my own. I, I had, um, you know, I had been coaching before Beachbody. Um, actually, when I had my salon, part of the service offerings that we had was coaching. And so I had, you know, I had a lot of experience in it. And then, you know, when I found Beachbody, I obviously went all in with that, but I really wanted to start pursuing that again outside of Beachbody. So that was really the plan. And that was what I did. Um, you know, I was very nervous to email my coach and tell her, um, you know, I, I wasn't going to quit Beachbody, but I was not going to do any of the work, um, you know, to build my business anymore. I was so nervous to tell her, I sent her an email and she never responded. And I can remember like checking, like I kept checking to see if she had responded and she just never did. And then all of a sudden I noticed that she had unfriended me on Facebook and kicked me out of all the groups without even a discussion. So I was really hurt by that, but I also wasn't completely surprised because I think at that point, like, you know, I had sort of like the veil had been lifted and I could kind of see things for what they were. Um, so I was still, you know, technically a coach, I was still offering programs and supplements to my clients because, you know, I, I am a big believer in, you know, making things simple for people. So, you know, one of, one of the ways to do that is, uh, the supplements like shakes and things like that. Sometimes it's easier for people to, you know, take a shake and then, you know, throw in some fruits and veggies and maybe like some avocado or whatever. And, you know, it makes it easier for them to get some of those healthier foods into their diet. So, I did continue to offer Shakeology. Um, you know, as I said, like I always really loved the workout programs and I thought that that was a really good tool for people, especially since we were still in the pandemic and it just offered them an option for working out at home. But I also, um, you know, I had never, I had never um, gotten rid of my account with Arbonne because 
I had always used their skincare products um, and their makeup from the time that my friend had signed up like years and years and years ago. I just always used them. So um, I had kept that account so that I could get discounts. And I figured like, well, what a, what a great way to supplement what I'm doing as a coach. I can also offer those supplements because there were a lot of things the Beachbody didn't offer that they had and vice versa. And also uh, Arbonne's products were gluten-free, whereas Beachbody's weren't. And I actually, I lost a lot of customers when I was with Beachbody because we didn't have like certified gluten-free options. So that was sort of like another way that, that I could help people. There were rules. Um, they had rules with Beachbody around, you know, selling, you know, competing products and, you know, being involved in more than one MLM company. But the rules were always changing. It wasn't clear. And since I wasn't really actively coaching with them anymore, I just didn't worry about it. I didn't want to fully quit my coaching business with Beachbody because I had a lot of customers. I had built up um, probably between seven and 800 customers in my own, you know, my own practice of coaching with Beachbody. And I didn't want to just leave them high and dry. I knew that if I dropped out completely, they would all bubble up to my sponsor coach. And I didn't want that for them because I knew by then that, you know, that she didn't really see us as individuals. It was all just a numbers game. And, you know, and, and that's not to, um, you know, say anything bad about her personally. It's just a symptom of this whole system, right? So I, I, that just wasn't what I wanted for the people who I had brought in. And, you know, let's be honest, I was still earning a paycheck. I was, you know, all of these people who were buying shakes and supplements every month and, you know, renewing their, um, their workout subscriptions, I made money off of that. And I felt that I had worked to get that and, you know, I, I didn't want to give that up. So that was, that was basically, you know, when I stopped with Beachbody, but again, you know, technically I was still a coach with them. Um, about six months later, uh, we had, at that point, we had moved to Florida I um, really like we were just like living our dream life. Like, you know, my, my husband and I were, you know, we had reconciled, things were going really, really well. And, uh, you know, we had decided to kind of start fresh and we moved to Florida and, it, you know, it, things were just really, really good. I had um, started to share a little bit online on Facebook about sort of my experience with Beachbody because I think, you know, a lot of my friends and, and, uh, current and former customers and, you know, just people who had followed me for a while um, didn't really understand why I had left because I was so obsessed with it for so long. And so I, I started to share a little bit about that. Um, so probably about six months after I had sent that email to my sponsor coach, I posted something and all of a sudden I started getting texts from her um, and she was calling me a liar. And she was saying that like, you know, what I had posted was not true. And um, I was just, I was so shocked because she had unfriended me. So I'm thinking like, how did she even see that? I know now, I don't know who it was, but somebody must have alerted her to that because, um, you know, unless she was, you know, still checking my page all the time, but either way, like kind of creepy, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, she was calling me a liar and, you know, I responded and I said, you know, I was, I was hurt, you know, that you never responded. And, you know, this is what happened. Cause that was what I had said was that, you know, I had reached out to her and she basically ghosted me and kicked me out of all the groups. 
And, you know, when I pointed that out to her, then she backtracked and she said, well, yes, she had done those things, but it was because she didn't like the way that I had handled it because I had emailed her instead of called her. Now, I had always, for the six years that I was with Beachbody on her team, had to earn phone calls with her. I couldn't just pick up the phone and call her. I had to have a certain amount of volume or I had to hit success club or I had to be at a certain rank to be able to have a phone call with her. And the interesting thing was that as I've been doing research for this podcast, I noticed in like the messages and, and emails that she very often did not show up for those phone calls that were scheduled. She had either forgotten or overslept or you know had some sort of reasons. I would say at least 50% of those calls over almost seven years that I had scheduled with her and I had earned with her, she didn't show up for. But you know, now all of a sudden I, I was supposed to have picked up the phone to call her. And you know, that just wasn't that wasn't part of our relationship. So, you know, I told her, you know, I just felt that email was a, the best approach. Um, you know, and I, I just told her, you know, I, it was very hurtful that she had ghosted me in that way. And meanwhile, like as we're going back and forth in this conversation, I see, I start getting Facebook notifications. She's texting me, but then she's also posting those same messages under my post, like in comments on Facebook. And those messages included some very private information that I had shared with her about my marriage. I was absolutely floored. This was the mentor and the leader that I had looked up to and tried to emulate for so long. I, I just, I, I really couldn't even believe it. And at that point, I just wished her well and I just blocked her everywhere. I was absolutely done after that. And I think that, um, you know, was what really opened my eyes to like the past seven years of my life had just been such a sham and I fell for it. And a few weeks after that happened, um, you know, I was still, I, I didn't, I still hadn't like withdrawn myself from Beachbody because I still had that feeling. And it was actually even more reinforced at this point that I did not want my customers having her as their coach because I knew that they weren't going to get the support that I provided. And I just, I, I just didn't want that for them. However, a few weeks later, I got an email from Beachbody Compliance, and Compliance is sort of like the governing body who makes sure that people are following the rules. And if you're not following the rules, you might get your wrist slapped or worse. They emailed me um, about my affiliation with Arbon because remember earlier I mentioned that that was sort of against the rules. Again, the rules were very confusing, and I, I honestly I think that's by design, um, but you know, fine, whatever, I broke rules and, um, you know, somebody called me on it. But what was really concerning about that was that the email was accompanied by a screenshot from a private group that I ran on Facebook. To this day, I don't know who it was that shared that screenshot. Um, you know, compliance only ever reaches out to people if somebody files a complaint. So I don't know who it was that filed that complaint, I have an idea and I'm fairly certain that my former coach was behind it. Um, you know, so I got that email and I, you know, immediately my blood started to boil and I was like, you know what, like, why am I hanging on to this thing? So I was just like, go ahead, cancel my account. I'm washing my hands of the whole thing. So that <laughs> was the end of my quote unquote career with Beachbody. Um, all of this happened 
it's been almost two years now and it's still taken me that long to really process that whole experience. And the thing that's really funny is that like you'll hear people talk about multi-level marketing companies as cults, you know, like it's it's kind of like a cult and, um, you know, there's brainwashing and, and all of these bad behaviors and like control tactics. And looking back on it, I can really, really say that that's so true. And I think that's why it's been so difficult for me to really like disentangle myself from all of that. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of like diet culture stuff and, and, um, you know, feelings about, you know, what I should and shouldn't be doing. There are a lot of feelings about, um, how I should be spending my time, like all of that kind of stuff I've really been working through. And, you know, it caused me to, to give up on doing coaching at all because, I was so scared that those um, those thoughts and feelings and that kind of mindset would sort of permeate my coaching practice. And so I just I sort of like backed off of that and have, you know, ever since really just kind of focused on my publishing career, which I'm, you know, I'm still employed full time and that's what I do. Uh, so, you know, these podcast episodes, these first three have given a very high level overview of my experience, but there's so much more to dig into. You know, it's very difficult to really distill everything that I've experienced into what, like an hour and a half of content. So, uh, you know, I will continue to dig into different aspects of this, but I thought it was important for you as listeners to, you know, kind of hear the whole story and, you know, to, to kind of hear like the background information. So in the future, as I dig in, you'll, you'll already sort of know, um, you know, some of, of what had happened. Uh, I, I do want to be very, very clear that I do recognize the part that I played in this. Uh, you know, I mean, I, nobody forced me into any of the things that I did. I, you know, made my own decisions, but I can also see how uh, the manipulation and just sort of the structure of this type of business influenced me and it was behind a lot of what I experienced. It's been really painful to revisit these stories. I've been doing a lot of research, uh, you know, trying to get the timeline together because I, you know, it, it's sort of hard to remember like, oh, well, did that happen first? What happened next? So I've been, you know, pouring through old posts and old emails and messages. Uh, you know, Beachbody was a really big part of my life. You know, aside from my family, it was the biggest part of my life for almost seven years. I lost a lot of time with my family during that time. I was working all the time. You know, I've mentioned a few times now that I was, you know, even when we were on Disney vacations, I was working. And I really believed that it would pay off eventually. And even though there are all of these income disclaimers and cautionary tales I still believed it because I saw, you know, I, I was so close to what was happening with my own coach who was, you know, very successful. I, I just believed that I could do it myself. And I, I think that that's very pervasive in this kind of culture that, you know, even, even though they're, they're telling you one thing that like, you know, not everyone can be successful because it's part of the disclaimer and they have to say that they still sort of lead you to believe that anybody can do this. And if you're not successful, it's because you weren't working hard enough. And I was told that many times. I also, you know, just kind of like going through this, I also kind of wish I could just go back and like shake myself and say like, what were you thinking? Because 
as I'm telling these stories, I'm like, I mean, I wish you guys could see me. I'm like shaking my head because I'm like, I can't believe that I just, you know, something bad would happen and I would just sort of brush it off. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll just keep going. I, I can't believe that. But I also am starting to really understand the undercurrents of this type of company and, and the structure and how it all sort of lends itself to that. Um, it just seems so crazy that I stayed for so long. And not only that I stayed, but I pulled other people into it. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of regrets um, and, you know, I hope to, you know, just continue to share stories and, and help people to see that like, this is not the answer. A, a multi-level marketing network marketing business is not the answer because 99% of people fail and it's designed that way. So, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you have had an experience similar to mine or, you know, maybe, I, I mean, I had like mediocre success with it. You know, I, I, I definitely, um, you know, I, I made a little bit of money, but, it, you know, I certainly was not even close to, you know, what I've seen other people achieve. But I also know that I busted my ass and worked very, very, very hard to to achieve just that mediocre success and to be told, you know, that I just wasn't working hard enough or that I needed to do more personal development. It's just, it's extremely insulting. And, uh, you know, I put up with it for a very long time. I do want to say also that I don't name names and I, I don't plan to name names. You know, I have talked about my sponsor coach and a few other people. Uh, it's not because I'm trying to protect any of them. It's more because I don't blame anybody, like any specific single person, all of this behavior is a symptom of a larger issue that's associated with these types of MLM companies. And I think, you know, you could look at pretty much any of them and you will see the same type of behavior because it's encouraged. And I am really going to continue to dig into this. So I hope that you'll continue to listen in. I'll be publishing new episodes every Saturday and I'll be exploring the bad behaviors, the brainwashing, and you know, really the cult-like tactics that are used in these types of companies. I'm also planning to interview others uh, here on the podcast so that they can share their own stories. Um, and it, so if you're somebody who has had experience uh, with an MLM, or even if you had an experience with me, if you were part of you know, my story and, and part of you know, maybe, maybe being one of my customers, being a coach on my team, I would love to have you on the show uh, so that you can share your own experience. So if that's something you're interested in, you can email me at healingfromthehustle at gmail.com. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you can click the link in my bio and there is a link to a, uh, like an application form for that. So thank you so much. You know, this has been really exciting. Uh, I, I've launched this podcast with the first three episodes. And like I said, I will be sharing a new episode every Saturday. Uh, so I hope that you'll continue and I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.